Woody Womack, joined by Nick Kruger. We're back with Commitment Issues Podcast. Nick, I couldn't find a co-host, so uh, we subbed you in. How are you doing? You know, at this at this point in my career, I'm happy to be you know part of the extended family still, and just called in for the occasional cameo. So I'm always I'm always ready for that. Yeah, we haven't been doing podcasts with Rob and Lackford because uh, Rob is <laughs> MIA, nowhere to be found for months, and uh, Lackford is out uh, fighting the good fight in the streets of Louisville. So that leaves uh, sellouts, me and you, the only ones <laughs> committed to the craft. Uh, We've been gone for a while. We're back. Now we're going to talk about Last Chance You. Nick and I are going to do, I think, four podcasts. Is that what you signed on for, Nick? Yeah, I'm available for uh, however many it takes to comprehensively cover this <laughs> digital masterpiece. So it's Last Chance You season five. Uh, we're going to do a podcast after every two episodes. We're trying to bang them out probably over the next week. So if you want to wait and listen, if you want to not listen at all, uh, that's fine. But we're going to talk about uh, the first two episodes of season five. Nick, we got a new location. We're in Oakland. We're in a big city. This is not the little tiny town that worships the school and blah, blah, blah. We've got a whole new format. Uh, first of all, what do you think about the move to the big city? Well, you know, I love the change. Uh, I love that we're starting to get more different tastes of what junior college life is like in all these different locations now, uh, because, you know, it's it's still such a, a regionalized thing. So each different school should have a distinctive personality based on, you know, the town that it's in and the, and the region that it's in. And, um, you know, we're, you're a West Coast dude. And I, I love the West Coast, even though I'm from the East Coast. Uh, every time we've we've gone out there for for work and stuff like that, I, I love it out there. So I love the scenery of of California and and the change in attitude. And Oakland's a real interesting place, and it's uh, you know been in the news a lot lately too. So it's good to get a closer look at uh, what's going on out there. Um, you know, I was having it was it was interesting because I was kind of having some not not flashbacks but similarity uh, sort of feelings to to what's going on here in Austin. It's like you know just this this city that's kind of you know, not kind of flipping over a little bit, but the homeless problem is still very severe <laughs> and all the shots of the, the tent cities and the stuff living under the overpasses is stuff that we see a lot out here. So uh, very relatable for me at this point. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, I'm from in Oregon. That's always a, a big thing. But I mean, I think, you know, we've seen it. We saw the Warriors move out of Oakland. Like, I think, you know, the issues of people being priced out and, and the issues of the kids, not, now they don't have dorms. That's the other thing. There's no dorms. So these guys got to live on yeah. their own. That's how we, that's how we sort of set up the scene that we have the offensive lineman who has two kids, which is, it's crazy to try to imagine going to school and, and having two young kids like that. Then we have uh, the kid who's living in his car, which is, is crazy. And, and they, at one point they offered to get him help there. But he says he doesn't want to go back and forth to Berkeley where he works at the Wingstop. And I'm just like, man, can we get him another job closer to campus? Like, so he's not driving however long to go back and forth to Wingstop. I was I was a little surprised at that point of the story. And I think I think the kid's name is Dior Walker, who I would love to talk about because I think that he's a great a great character so far early for the show. But we can get to that later, but I was I was interested about how, isn't there some kind of scenario where like families can volunteer, you know, host the kids or something like that? It, 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 can't they set up some kind of program like that at the school? 
Yeah, you'd think so because especially because uh especially because you have this coach who's like a local legend that everybody knows. Um, so you think there could be some kind of situation, but I mean, seeing them play in that big empty stadium, I mean, you and I have both been we have our rivals camps out there on the West Coast, usually in empty JUCO stadiums. Uh, yeah. and some of them, like the one we had this year, was at like East LA College. And you kind of walk back there and you look at it and you think like, man, at one time, this was like a state-of-the-art stadium. Obviously, they have, a lot of them have fallen into disrepair. Remember the, one, remember the one we used to have where it had like the giant weeds in the end zone? And like, the, <laughs> remember it was like a hill and it had like rocks, like spelling out the school's name. And there was just like oh, weeds yeah. and there was a fl- flea market in the, or swap meet in the <laughs> parking lot. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's I, and and but that's not that's not atypical to a number of of places that we've gone for different events too. You know, <laughs> in this place or that. Right, but I just think it's at one point I think this JUCO football was like, you know, important and super legit. I mean, if you look at the players who came through, I just think the whole structure has changed. I mean, it's 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 harder it's harder for guys to slip through the cracks and end up at JUCO that are like legit talents, whether it's schools cheating the system or whatever bending the rules to get guys in um but anyway so yeah that that, that's an interesting point from a from the main character perspective we've got a new coach and it's sort of seems like it's going to shift the coach character on its head because in the past we've had you know i just had coach brown who was a complete lunatic right over the last couple seasons and then we had what was his name, Buddy, the, the coach, and the and he was a Fred, he was also a, he tried to fight the ref in the middle of the game or whatever. Right, right. This coach seems like definitely more West Coast laid back. He's cussed a little bit. Episode two, he kind of he kind of got a little mad, but I mean, it seems like he's like a more measured uh, character, don't you think? No, I, I love him. And I was I wanted to talk about the same thing. It's such a nice like it's so much more refreshing. And it, it fits into the broader character, I think, of this show um, to go from one coach who was, you know, just a lunatic uh, hothead to another coach that was a, uh, you know, belligerent, couldn't help himself from getting into all self-destructive type to, to having a guy that's like a very much li- like more likable, like the, from the episode one, the, one of the parts that I liked the best was when he was doing that quarter thing in the kid's hands where he was like oh. grabbing the quarter up before. And, and then, and then the kids like, were so serious about it. They ran off to the side and they were trying to like strategize how they could, uh, <laughs> how they could beat him at that game. He just kept beating him. And it was like, it was like such a funny, like dad trick or uncle gag or whatever that he was doing. And it's so much like, it's so much more refreshing to see that, uh, uh, is that from the coach thing, because none of these guys, like one of the other big differences is in the other shows, you know, the focus was on oh, Malik Henry is a five-star Florida state quarterback. And, you know, all the kids from, you know, the previous uh, first two seasons, you know, came from Auburn, came from this sec school or whatever. Now it's like, none of these guys really are that type of player. So it's, um it's more interesting. This, you, you get more invested in them as people versus like, Versus the hype around their talent or what their potential could be after the show, which I think adds a different element to it that I that I really enjoy watching the show more now because of that. Yeah, I didn't come in like I I don't like the last couple seasons. We would recognize guys. We'd be like, oh, it's whoever or like 
I think the DB, uh, Rajon, he's probably the best player on the team. He was like a five-five three-star who went to, uh, which is a low three-star, went to end up going to Oregon State with his brother. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but I mean, like you said, it's just basically this is character-driven. This is not like we're watching Malik Henry spiral or we're expecting these guys to to you know this is essentially last chance you like one kid would be happy with a scholarship offer from i think our boy door would be happy Dior would be happy to go to sacramento state or something yeah i i i don't i don't think it's given away too much to say while we're waiting to start this i started watching a little bit episode three how far along are you actually i only watched the first two i didn't i didn't know spoilers Okay. Well, so, so, I, but I don't think it's given too much away to, to say that like the focus, the focus on Dior, you know, whether we're talking about him having to live in his car, uh, you know, there's, there's stuff that kicks off the third episode very early about, you know, his, his personal life and his past. But even before that, you saw, you heard the talk about uh, his family situation and moving to Arkansas. And that's why it was in, in that moment that he had in the second episode when he was talking to his teammate where he's like, I only won two games my whole high school career. I mean, like, you know, the, the story around him is, is, is not so much uh, dramatic in terms of, of where he might go for uh, to continue playing college ball. So, um, but I like that he's not stressing about that right now as he, he's stressing about his more real <laughs> cleaning up the bathrooms and wing stop versus <laughs> going to Sac state or not, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you what, which by yeah. the way, which by the way, just sounds like the worst possible thing that anybody could. I don't, I totally believed him when he was like, I don't get paid enough to even consider doing this. That's a manager thing to have to do. Like, I, can you imagine what the bat I've never been to a wing stop. I can only imagine well, like what a bathroom stall looks like in a wing stop. And I don't want any part of it. I mean, if CV, I mean, look, I can't even, I hate the bathrooms at CVS, let alone, you know, Wingstop. I, I did relate to him when he was talking about like, I can't believe they let people mix and match the orders like that. When he was talking about people ordering a 30 piece and be, or 30 wings and being like, I want seven mango, three ranch. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way, dude. Like, why do they let people order like that? I didn't even know that was a thing. I figured you'd have to commit. I mean, it's not like you can go to Chick-fil-A and be like, yeah, I want one chicken nugget, uh, two tenders, <laughs> like three of them grilled, two of them fried. It's like, no, you have to order. I, I mean, I know I'm not in the Wingstop demographic. You know, I'm more of an American deli type of guy living here. In <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, come, come on, right? Well, is that, I mean, neither, neither of us have been to a wing stop before. Right. So, I mean, can we confidently say that that's not supposed to be part of the gimmick of, of going there? Yeah, maybe it is. I, I don't order, ever order wings, but I just think like I, I could relate. Cause he's like, man, you guys always be messing up the orders. And it's like, yeah, dude, I work at wing stop. They want, you know, like if you're going to, if you're going to overcomplicate the orders, uh, then you can, you're asking for failure now. Well, when he, when they said that too, it made me real angry on behalf of the Wingstop employees too, because they were talking about that. Yeah. You know, like you said, the guy, the guy, the one guy says you always mess up the order. So that means like out of a 30 piece order where you've got 17 lemon pepper, you know, five, <laughs> so somebody has to sit there and count each wing before he comes back to the counter and tells you that you messed up the order. Like, come on, dude, this is a fast food restaurant. We ain't trying to wait for right. you to count up your hundred piece and all that. Take inventory. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I, I think 
I think someone could help them get a job closer to campus and they can help them get the housing. I think, I think there is some responsibility there to make sure your players aren't sleeping in their car. Did they actually show him sleep in the car? Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the first episode, that was, I, he was, I might've missed it. How was he? How did he, how was he sleeping? In he, the, he, in he, driver's he, seat? Nah, he, he drove to like some apartment complex or something and then climbed into the, into the backseat at the very end. He has like now an explorer or something. Now, you know, my sleeping in the car method, uh, which I've, I've perfected over the years is to sleep headfirst and you flip the seat down and you sleep into the trunk. Now, if he's got an mm-hmm. explorer, I guess you could flip the seats down and have, have more room. But, uh, like when I was at that bachelor party in Austin, the, the bachelor party gone awry with <laughs> insufficient housing. I <laughs> the very same problem. <laughs> I, exactly. Same I'm highly relatable to this kid who's homeless. Me at a bachelor party at an Airbnb with not enough beds. I flipped the seats down, I slept into the trunk. That way it stays dark uh longer. You can sleep longer when your head's in the trunk, but you gotta keep the AC on. Uh, that's the problem. You gotta keep the car running all night. I doubt he's doing that. Um oh, that would make me so nervous. You wanna you wanna sleep in a running car all night long? Well, it depends on the heat. I mean, you tell me. If you can get in a parking garage or something, it's okay. But it gets it gets pretty stuffy in the car. Um, I just get paranoid about running an idle engine for yeah. seven hours straight. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you need eight hours. You need eight hours, though. Yeah, I need a soft, I need a lot more sleep than you do, as it's been well documented. Um, so anyway, getting back to getting back to our characters. The quarterbacks, the football, so the quarterback situation is is uh, obviously troubled. And I think we're going to have to have Dior play quarterback all season, right? Is that how it's going to play out? Yeah, but, you know, like we were talking earlier, when he's not the one necessarily chasing scholarships uh, in that way, I mean, he could he could do just as well putting a, putting a nice season of film together playing quarterback. I mean, we've seen it before. Goes in the, well, yeah. goes in the system as an athlete. That's the thing is like they, they were talking about, like, do you think he'll get a scholarship if he plays quarterback? It's like he's a small receiver. I mean, he's he's better off to have the ball in his hands every time and show what he can do anyway. I mean, we well, we if they're hanging really- 40, if they're hanging 40 or 60 points or whatever, they they scored at the end of that uh, second or third game there. I mean, he's going to. He's going to be doing something right at that point. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, we just watched Nico Hardman win a Super Bowl as a rookie wide receiver on the Chiefs. And uh, we can both attest that, that he never played wide receiver a, a day in his life in a, in a game in high school. Um, mm-hmm. He was out of camps and stuff. But, I mean, remember that game we went and watched him? He just played, co- like, option quarterback the whole time. Yeah. So, uh, who are we missing? Well, oh, oh, go ahead. Was that the – he played He played in the stadium that was, like, drilled into a quarry, right? Yeah, Grand, Granite City, yeah. Yeah, All that's right. the that was one of my. You want to talk about stadiums that I remember? That one I'll never forget. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, that'd be a cool stadium to make like a TikTok video of doing like a slow pan because the the stadium for those listening is 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 carved into rock like in Elberton, Georgia, where where Miko played. Uh, yeah, it's called Granite City, and they make like a bunch of head. They make like all the headstones there uh, for basically the whole state of Georgia and. They're like, hey, we need to build a football stadium. Well, there's there's no grass here. Uh, why don't we just drill into the rock and build a stadium? And like the bleachers are essentially just slabs of rock, like cut yeah. like stairs almost. It was really cool. I obviously haven't been back since because they haven't had a, a player. But uh, 
Yeah, that one. And I, I was actually talking to someone today about uh, there's a kid. There's a kid at a camp we're going to. He's from Cherokee, North Carolina, and his name is uh, Luke Climbing Bear. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, it- I'm gonna have to finesse a trip up there to Cherokee, go stay in a, in a nice cabin for a couple of days to go watch Luke play. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, when we were in. Where did we go watch Deuce Wallace in Sever- Sierra? Severville, what was it called? Remember in Tennessee? Yeah, but that, yeah, yeah, but that was yeah, that was, was kind of that was a pretty normal stadium. Yeah, I just had the, but it was up on like a bluff or whatever. I remember, I had like cool sunsets and stuff. I I was also thinking about uh, when we went to go see our boy Westover Jolly, and uh, and his stadium was kind of like built into a prison yard or something like that. It looked like it had <laughs> oh, the barbed yeah. wire walls up. <laughs> yeah, that's another like sub. Like below ground level stadium, yeah, they definitely had yeah. wire fence around it. Uh, I can't forget if that was like the Albany State Stadium, right? They, I remember I went back a couple of years later and they had kind of remodeled it a little bit. It was definitely a little nicer. Oh. Uh, but anyway, so getting back to the show, who are we leaving out of our characters? We want to talk. We talked about the coach. We don't. We don't. We also don't have the. We've yet to really meet the teacher who helps the kids along that storyline right. you know we had like uh the the lady in the first two seasons of whatever her name was was like you know uh, could be played by sandra bullock in a movie or something <laughs> and then yeah. we had then we had uh the the teacher uh who didn't take any any stuff from her students the last couple of years we had the woman trying to help him get a house but i mean two episodes no they have they have they have the man i can't remember her name i mean they they have like the academic yeah, but she wasn't as heavily involved. Or she like I don't feel like she's well, but I think, but she's, but I think she's the character that you're talking about. We just haven't gotten into her yet. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Well, we're two episodes in. That's what I'm saying. It's only eight episode show. We might not. That might not be a central, uh, central yeah. character. So uh, then we have, uh, yeah, we have Rajon who, <laughs> who I we talk about him a little bit more. His attitude of. I like that he expect the ref to tell him if he was offside on defense. Didn't you like that that sequence that happened well, there? But but I but I know what he's talking about. I've definitely seen the the agreement between sideline refs and players when they line up on the. Well, but isn't it mostly the receiver that checks to make sure he's on the line? Well, but uh, the refs, I, you you definitely heard refs say like sco- scoot back or whatever. Like I, I've heard him tell players to do that. On the side yeah, line. I, yeah, I guess, but it was. Just, I mean, it was pretty clear the ref wasn't going to play that game. What did What did he say to him? Like, I like the ref being like fighting back at him, and the kid saying to Google me. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I guess I should Google you to tell you if you should be offside. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a, he went straight to the he he went straight to the. I have six offers. I mean, that's really the only. Like that's the most significant kind of kind of talk that we get on this show from that that sort of that sort of lane. Yeah, there's not a lot of I can't spell his name. It, it's like so hard to spell. He's got a Z. It's like R E Y Z H O N or something. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's annoying. He, I remember when I looked him up yesterday, he did have a. He, out of high school, it's clearly like an academic situation, which is odd because his brother also had to go to JUCO, but he had like a San Jose State offer coming out of high school because I was hoping he went to a rivals camp, you know? 
Like hmm. I was like, well, we, we had that. Remember we had that camp in Northern California that year. Uh, Which year? It was like 2018. Remember the night we went, remember we went to San Francisco. We had a great time at that camp. Speaking of the Bay area. <laughs> we got a lot park. of steps in. Remember we went to that park. Yeah. We hiked up the, we hiked up that, that hill. We had some good Chinese food. Yeah. So he was a, so he was a, the, the offers he ended up getting, I mean, he had about 10 offers, but I mean, yeah, Oregon State, Colorado. He took a fish. Oh man, he took an official visit to UCF too. Uh, his officials were Oregon State, Colorado, and UCF. And then he picked uh, the Beavers, which makes sense because that's where his brother is. So I was trying to look at other people had him ranked higher, but, but I mean, uh, he was he was really he's really high high in himself. I think we're gonna have, I think we're gonna have a good uh, a good run from him on the show in the upcoming episode. So who are we missing? Are we missing anybody? Those are the main ones. I mean, I think I think if there was anything to be said about the quarterback, he kind of took himself out of the picture <laughs> really when he hurt himself <laughs> in practice. So yeah, let me let me look at that. Should I see if there's any other, maybe we have any other guys that are going to pop up. Let me check real quick on the old Laney, uh, Laney roster. I just like, this is not like a well-known Juco. I guess they won the national championship, but it's like, it's not like we're, we're tracking who wins the mythical national championship of Juco football. Right. Right. Um, uh, website is under heavy load. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> It's a shock that the rivals website is having a little issue. Oh, there we go. Um, we should mention episode one, we had a rivals employee on the show. Did you know that, Nick, before I told you? No. <laughs> so we have a site. It's called jcgridiron.com. Uh, we, we should get him on, right? If we're going to do this the right way. Yeah, I, su I suppose that's true. You're right about that. <laughs> I'm surprised your first call wasn't wasn't to him instead of uh, <laughs> instead of me, well, actually. <laughs> let's see. Our boy, Brad. Let me let me make sure it's uh, yeah. JCGridiron.com is the right site. Of course, it's not loading right now. Um, so I'm so too many people are accessing this website at the same time. See, that's how big of a hit last chance you is crashed his website. But anyway. Uh, our boy Brad Brad Hoyseth, I guess is how you pronounce it. I got love to ask him if we have him on. Uh, he was featured in the first episode talking about the coach, and I hope we see more of him. Uh, he covers JUCOs for us. He has a JUCO dedicated website, and I mean, he does a really good job with that. Uh, and he does his own rankings and stuff. So um, be sure to check that out. But we're going to try. I'm going to try to book him on here and see what he has to say. Maybe he can give us some behind the scenes. How much? I have to imagine he filmed a lot and he got cut, right? Because we only saw him for like 10 seconds. Mm, yeah, it's hard to say. I think that's a question for him. But I mean, until there's what, what are JUCOs even doing right now as far as training camps go? And <laughs> I mean, everybody's. Well, they've like pushed to the spring, except for in Mississippi, where they're saying they're going to play each other. They're just going to play like six games. I mean, you know, it's like everywhere else. Nobody knows what's going on. So, you know, he's probably got nothing on the on the agenda as of right now. Give him a call. <laughs> Give him a call and get him on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got nothing going on. Come on. Well, I mean, who knows? Now he's famous. We did get an email saying, uh, "Look for him on. Look for him on the show." It's like, well, you know, we could have, because someone could have given us a heads up ahead of time, Brad. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, so I think that's good enough for for this episode. Uh, I have 
a few other things I like to complain about while we're having a new Nick and I are having all types of issues finding the time to record given his uh new position uh out there at work. Well, you're going into work you you're working what afternoon to nighttime shift these days? Uh yeah, it alternates weekly. First this uh this last week I was working mornings. This week I work nights. All right. So uh a coronavirus hotspot central Austin. How, how are the numbers down there? Are they looking any better? Um, in Austin, I think they're doing okay. Uh, but you know, places like Houston have really struggled. So, um, but I haven't, you know, I've been more focused on the national bigger picture than <laughs> in my own backyard. So yeah, I haven't been paying attention to the hoax. Of our- <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we're sort of, I think we're sort of leveling off here. I mean, that, that leveling off being a relative term considering, but it's just like, you know, our governor, as a people said, just said he's going to let it ride and we're letting it ride. I mean, there's, there's, there's not a whole lot. Uh, there's not a whole lot I can do about it. You know, I just keep, keep doing my thing, but that's one of the reasons we haven't been doing the, the show as much. It's just because, you know, it's hard to come on here and talk about like preview the football season or whatever, when we, we really don't know what's going on. So, um, it's tough, Nick, but we're going to keep talking about last chance. You, if you got any questions, anything you want to ask us about, we're going to try to, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm efforting to, to book Brad and we'll have him on after the eighth episode. So we're going to go ahead and do, do two a day or a week or whatever. We're, we're not going to try to drag this on super long. So I know most people binge it. We're probably going to do the same. So hopefully we can record another one tomorrow or the next day, but uh, that's it, Nick. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, we'll talk to everyone after episode four. Thanks for listening.